world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, we have passed the salt. Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. What's that old saying? Uh, don't kick a dead horse. Isn't that what it says? Let lying, whatever, sleep, whatever's going on. I want to encourage you this morning, friends. Welcome here. It's the, uh, what number is it? Eight, 1,191st show, I think, if I got my numbers right here today. And uh, you don't kick a dead horse. That's not the right thing, because a horse, you don't kick a dead dog. What, you, don't, you don't kick something. You don't kick something that isn't bothering you, right? Let if sleeping it, dogs it, lie. Let sleeping dogs lie. Thank you, Vinny. Let sleeping dogs lie. Our little granddaughters went uh, back into urgent care again this morning. Little Scarlett. She was here yesterday. Michelle took care of her. She's had, I mean, she keeps having ish- issues. Now they think maybe a little bit of, uh, maybe a little bit of pneumonia. They're not sure if it's bacterial. They're not sure whatever it is. And of course, you know what that does in, in our house. And I, and, I not- and I noticed this. I got thinking about, I'm, t- I'm going to give you a word of encouragement this morning out there, okay? Listen to me. Uh, you know what's going on in your life? You know what's going on in my life? We're kicking sleeping dogs. We're kicking sleeping dogs. See, what, what are you talking about, Coach? Well, if you were just sitting around playing church and not being effective at all, if there wasn't an awakening going on in, in your life, if you weren't growing and getting deeper spiritually, a lot of this crap that you're dealing with wouldn't be going on. You understand that? Because you've actively engaged in the enemy, because you are getting an awakening to the forces of darkness and what's really going on, the enemy has put a target on you. And the enemy is doing whatever he can to do the one thing, the only thing that he can really do, and that is to steal your joy. For the word says that we're to take captive every thought that exalts its self against the knowledge of God and bring it into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Do you have any idea how hard that is? you have any idea how hard it is to take captive every thought? you have any idea? you have any idea when there's a constant bombardment of negativity around us, how hard that would be? Hey, Michelle, Fern's down here getting into <laughs> my, dog, my daughter's dogs over here, getting into my multi-million dollar gold stash. Oh, just kidding. Just kidding. Fern, get, out, get up, up there, right? So do you have any idea that, what, that when you engage the, when you kick the sleeping dog, he kicks back, he bites back. Do you understand that? Do you understand, so understand that some of you are right on the verge of something really, really big in your life? And the enemy wants to do everything he can. Look, this ain't name it, claim it, okay? But the reality of it is, he wants to do everything he can to steal from you any semblance of victory that you might have. That's what he's all about. He can't, look, the devil can only do what the Lord permits him to do, right? And so Scarlet's in, Scarlet's in, uh, 
Michelle's going to go uh, have some have some lunch with some girls this morning, and now she doesn't know if she can go because little Scarlett's back in the hospital and was up all night. And Zach calls Come today, and just gave us good news that, that that she's in the hospital. Finally, they got her to the hospital, and yes, she has a little bit of num- pneumonia. And we got this issue going on. This fam- this family's dealing with this, and this family's dealing with this, and they're dealing with this, and I'm dealing with this, and Michelle's dealing with this. Can anybody say, man? Anybody picking up what I'm saying is going on here? Mm-hmm. It's all just distractions yeah. that keep us from to knock us off course to get us away from what it is that we are the 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 plan the opening the blessing the revelation that the Lord has for you. Boys, you got to pound turf. You got to keep pounding turf, and you got to stay on course because the enemy, like a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. He isn't a lion. It's a simile. He is like one. He's imitating one. The devil, like a roaring lion, behaving as if he has a lot of power, is walking around looking for whom he can devour. And he isn't going to be able to devour you, but he's going to be able to steal right out of your heart, your vision, your joy, your energy. Anybody uh, anybody want to argue with that? How much energy gets stolen from you through worrying? I see my little wife outside. Are you trying to come in here, sweetheart? Because you put your face up pretty close to the screen. Are you want to unmute or are you just listening? I think she's just listening. She's just listening. So, so I want, I want to, I want, uh, yeah, yeah, we're under assault here. Yeah, we are. Screw you, devil. Screw you, Satan. Screw you. All right. Not going to waver off my faith. Not going to waver on what I'm supposed to do. Not going to waver in my belief. You cannot knock me loose from my intended goal. Do you understand that? You ain't going to be able to do it. So this song came up in my heart today. I, I first heard this, really heard this at Promise Keepers when I went to the first ever Promise Keepers way back whenever that might have been in Boulder, Colorado. And this song isn't by the Promise Keepers, but this song's a appropriate. We, we serve a victorious God, and we should be walking in joy every day. Go ahead and play that, Spence. And I don't care if they ban it on Facebook or hell, YouTube already banned me. The devil owns YouTube. The devil owns Facebook. The devil owns the government. I, wake up. Wake up, boys and girls. Huh? Yeah, but he don't have that crown, does he? He doesn't own that crown. Go ahead and play that.
Amen. Stop giving praise and glory and honor to the evil one, right? People say, how you doing, coach? I said, I'm either up or I'm getting up. I'm up or I'm getting up. That's where I am, right? Not that you don't get knocked down. But I told my my little granddaughter, Annie, if she was here, I'd I'd have her testify to you. I said, Annie, when you fall down, what do you do? She says, yeah, get back up. I said, that's right, baby. Get back up. So pray for Scarlett today, but we ought to, there's a lot of people we ought to be praying through because a lot of us are going through a lot of crap. Heck, we saw last week God deliver a freaking horse. <laughs> Craig called for, for mercy for his horse who was tied up and bleeding out, and Almighty God has a, has a vet who normally is at least 30 minutes, maybe an hour away from Craig, has a vet just literally right down the street dealing with another animal And we pray that that horse would be okay. And what happens? The vet's right down the street. You mean he cares about about horses? Huh? I don't know. Evidently he does. Evidently it does. Tom Gill, the pastor of Payne, lost his mama yesterday. And uh, I know how important she was in his life. And Tom, we're with you today. And you only get one mommy. And we all know what that's like when you when you lose one of your parents. You never get them back. And they never leave, leave your thoughts and our thoughts and prayers. I hate that, our thoughts and prayers. That means thinking about you, Tom, and praying for you, just praying for you. And c- could I go down a litany? See, we're not going to do this. I'm not going to say who else needs prayer because can I tell you what it leads to? Here's what it leads to. It leads to worship of the devil if we're not careful. Oh, oh, and then our heart begins, oh, oh, no, 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 no. We we serve a risen king, right? To be pessimistic is the dumbest thing you could ever be. You're either up or you're getting up. No matter what the hell happened in what, I mean literally hell, no matter what from hell is happening in in uh, in your life, here's the good news. You ready? Here's the good news of the scripture. It came to pass. Boom. 
Isn't that good? It didn't come to stay. It came to pass. It came to pass. This too will pass. Whatever it is that you're going through, get the right mindset and know that it came to pass. And if it came into your life, the Lord permitted it into your life because why? You are more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. But you are not a conqueror if there's nothing to conquer. Are you with me? Bible says all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. That's me. I love the Lord and I'm called according to his purpose. So no matter what the devil poops into my life, the Lord's going to make fertilizer out of it. He's going to make it good. That's his promise. That's his promise. And Man. this, oh, woe is me. Woe is me. Woe is me. That's not, that's not biblical. Huh. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you trusted me enough that you brought this into my life. And Lord, by the way, thank you, Lord, that you brought this hardship into the life of those I love, that they may know you more intimately as well. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hey, thank you, Lord, for allowing the devil to try to distract me because I'm going to show him I can't be distracted. Thank you, Lord, that you sent him my way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Folks, that's 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 victory. It's not about getting more money, a bigger house, bigger car, and bigger bank account. It's about any of that stuff, right? It's about victory in the midst of what appears to be defeat. By the way, there's a great resurrection coming in America. I'm going to show you some of that stuff. You don't want to, see. You don't want to hear that. You know why the church doesn't get involved with it? The church doesn't get involved with it because the church doesn't really believe we're victorious. They don't really believe they're victorious. By the way, would it be possible for Jesus to rapture the church? church out of here if the church was totally completely victorious. If we had crushed all sin everywhere you look, no drag queen story hours, no gay pride parades, no mutilation of children, no child sex. If we got rid of all that stuff, could there still be a rapture afterward? There could be, couldn't there? But we don't, we, listen, we don't, I'm telling you, the church doesn't believe in victory in Jesus. They don't believe in that. In no way. In no way the church believes that. Oh, they might think in temporary victory over your problems and your money issues. You know, the church sort of believes, sort of believes in that. Yeah, they sort of believe in that. The church of hell, church doesn't care about going and cutting off little boys' dicks. They don't care about that. Right? Are you with me? Church doesn't care about that. Why, why doesn't the church care about that? Well, I don't because, well, crown him with many crowns. Oh, I got to get that out. I, I, I want to. I got a lot of good stuff today. I got a lot of good stuff. And here's what I'm going to start out with. This is about uh, Spencer. I want you to play this at about 1.5 speed. And this, guys, this is going to take us about 10 minutes, okay? But this is worth it, okay? I hate saying okay because I'm. That's just a tick in my. I'll stop that. I'll stop saying okay, 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 okay. Uh, it's okay. 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 No, I'm not asking for your approval. Okay. I'm going to stop saying that. Okay. Okay. So, so here we go. Pull up for me. 1.5 speed, an interview with Satan, an interview with Satan, because this is exactly what we're talking about. This is 12 minutes long, but we're going to play it at 1.5 speed, which means it's probably going to be about eight minutes. That's worth the eight minutes. Huh? Satan's a defeated foe, folks. He's a defeated foe. We'll say it again. Satan is a defeated foe. Little Scarlet is going to rise up out of that bed, and she's going to be healed, and she's going to walk, and she's going to be strong, despite whatever the enemy thinks he can get by with. Amen. Huh? 
As they used to say when I, when I was a young guy, that crap don't flush. You know what I'm talking about here? That don't go down here. That don't, why? Because I know who I am in Christ. I know I'm the head of this household. And I know that what flows through the head flows through the body. Amen. 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 Play this. An interview with Satan. It's about 10 minutes. It says, warning offensive content. I don't think it's so offensive, but go ahead. Whoa. Lucifer in the flesh. Do you know how many journalists would kill? Wait, you probably do. Uh, first, I want to say thank you to agreeing to this interview because I know you are a very, very busy person. Yes. I usually like to fly under the radar, but I figured since I'm already on the campaign trail, why not? Okay. First, let's talk about your reign. Now, you've had a fairly long one. What would you attribute to your success and popularity? Oh, that's easy. Every generation is the same. I appeal to their lust and ego. I offer all the sex, wealth, and fame a person could want. Do as thou wilt has been my campaign slogan from the start. And my campaign platform hasn't changed either. I run on the same three issues every generation. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. Okay, okay. When you say lust of the flesh, what exactly do you mean? Come on now. What do I mean? Isn't it obvious? I just use humans' own innate physical desires against them. And since sexual desire seems to be the most powerful, I usually run with that. Now, I didn't create sex, but I must say I've done a superb job at perverting it. Take pornography, for example. Well, you should know a lot about this one, Ivan. Weren't you addicted to porn? <clears throat> um, this interview is about you, uh, not about me. Can we get back on subject? <clears throat> <laughs> now, where was I? Oh, yeah. What I do is gradually get someone addicted to porn. And once Lust has had his full work and he and she can no longer restrain themselves, they usually look to act out their fantasies on someone. And sometimes that someone is a child. Now, my plan plays out perfectly. That abused child will eventually turn to a life of promiscuity and perversion themselves, allowing you to continue my vicious cycle. And here's the kicker. Many of those abused girls end up right in the porn industry. Now, how's that for irony? Mm. The second thing you had mentioned, I believe, you said lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes. Can you elaborate? Humans are never satisfied. You always crave more. Bigger house, bigger car, more money, more power. The list goes on and on. I just take their natural ambitious desire, pervert it, and use it against them for their own destruction. My plan is to allow them to never be content. As long as I can keep them craving what others have, I can depend on them to argue, fight, even kill to get it. Humans are so easily tricked into jealousy. And you know what they say. Jealousy is as cruel as the grave. Yes, I have heard that before. The last thing you had mentioned was, I believe, pride of life. Now, how does this fit into your campaign platform? Humans are always on a quest for knowledge. I trick the first humans to seek carnal knowledge over godly wisdom. And it's worked like a charm every generation since. With more knowledge comes more pride. And you know pride is my specialty. And since humans don't like to keep God in their wisdom, I'm able to seduce them with all types of things to help puff up their ego. Lately, fame has been my biggest seller. Who doesn't like attention and feeling more important than the next person? And once I make them famous, I can really use them to promote my agenda. With their help, I've convinced half of the world to not only accept sin, but to celebrate it. Do you know what has been my most enjoyable pride campaign to date? No, what? Well, my gay pride campaign, of course. Not only do I get the chance to promote your own self-destruction, I get to use God's logo, the rainbow, to do it. Love is love, right? <laughs> my plan not only prevents you worthless humans from reproducing, it distorts the gender roles and allows me to bring all types of chaos and confusion upon your pathetic societies. It's been so successful, I've got men convinced they're women, and women convinced they're men, and some convinced they're no gender at all. And I've got two more pride initiative campaigns I'd like to introduce in the near future. Mm, really? I'm guessing you probably want me to ask you what they are, right? Well, first, it's abortion pride. Now, I think we can pull this off. Society is definitely ready for it. I've enlisted to help a Planned Parenthood to work with marketing and promotions. And all we'll have to do is silence the so-called abolitionists and pro-lifers 
because the rest of the church doesn't seem to care. And second is pedophilia pride. Now, society might not be ready for this one just yet, so we'll hold off. I need to desensitize them a little more before we introduce it. Let's change gears for a minute and talk about policy. Some may consider your policies destructive, dangerous even. Uh, What would be your response to that? What would you say to your detractors? All of my policies are aimed to do one of three things, either steal, kill, or destroy. And if it's not doing one or all three of those things, then it's not in my agenda, and I'm not promoting it. Okay, okay. I'm happy you said that. It seems as if you promote your agenda differently to different, to different ethnicities. Uh, if so, why? Of course. I'd be a fool not to. Take black people, for instance. As a people, they're super spiritual. So I can't really convince them that there's no God. What I have been able to do as of late is convince them that he's not the God of the Bible. Now, I've been real successful at promoting black consciousness and Islam in their communities. I'm so happy you mentioned black people. It seems as if we've been at the very top of your agenda for quite some time. Why is that? A few reasons. Black people helped me reach the masses. Now, as you know, I was over music in heaven. My beats were so dope, I got over a third of the angels to follow me. And once I got here to the earth, I needed artists and entertainers to help me promote my message here. Who better than black people? Black people possess all the natural rhythm and music ability that I need. And it's easy for me to influence them with money since so many of them grew up without it. Another reason I taught black people is because they're strong mentally and physically. If black men were to ever find their identity in Christ, I'd be in trouble. So I try my best to destroy the black family structure and keep black men away from his family and the church. Drugs and incarceration are a couple of my more popular means. Without the head of the household present, I can become the head and influence the children without too much resistance. So you mean to tell me that your policies are intentionally racist against black people? Racist? (laughs) This has got to be the best I've ever come up with. I can't believe that humans still believe they're different races. But to answer your question, yes. It has always been my policy to target and isolate a group of people. And out of all my strategies, this skin color thing is worth the best. I definitely want to keep white people and black people separated. As long as I can keep black people bitter and white people offended, I'm good. Hopefully black people will never forgive. That way I can continue to use them. Okay, what, my question is, what role, if any, does your administration play in this black-on-black crime epidemic? (laughs) Well, as great as my administration is, we can't take all the credit for this. Black people help us tremendously. By aborting so many of their babies, they allow us to bring death to their communities. As the Bible says, they sow the wind and reap a whirlwind. Mm. When implementing all of these policies, do you ever face any resistance or pushback? And if so, from who? One group in particular try to oppose every policy I try to implement. I would be so much further along with my agenda if it wasn't for them. Really? So what group is that? Those pesky, born-again Jesus followers. They're a real thorn in my side. Every generation, they come together and try to dismantle one of my signature policies. Now, I've convinced half of the world that Jesus didn't exist and the other half that he wasn't divine. But I can't seem to convince them. They seem hell-bent on telling everybody about him and spreading his message. Some of them believe he's coming to unseat me in this generation. <laughs> Crazy, huh? I'll tell you, those idiots are really messing with my legacy. So, Lucifer, how does that make you feel when uh, us idiots say that Jesus possibly could be coming back in this generation to unseat you? Huh. Y'all been saying that for centuries. I just use it as motivation to get as much of our agenda pushed through and deceive as many people as possible before he returns. I think I've done pretty well. My record speaks for itself. About 150,000 people die each day, and most of them don't know Jesus. 150,000 people. Well, you know what? This concludes our interview. Uh, I want to say thank you for an open, honest, pretty frank discussion with me. Uh, Is there any last words you'd like to leave with our viewing audience? Yes. I'd like to take this moment and give a special thank you to two groups of people. First, I want to say thank you to all my followers. You are the hands and feet of my administration, and we can do nothing without you. Keep up the good work spread my message. And second, I'd like to say thank you to the divided church. 
I love the way you argue and use your passions to fight amongst each other. Keep up the good work. There's really no rush to tell people about Jesus. You all have plenty of time. When war broke out in heaven, Michael and his angels fought against a dragon. The dragon and his angels fought back, but he was not strong enough. They lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you, and he is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. Whoa. Dude, huh? Dude. Boom. Oh, my goodness, huh? So I'm, I'm encouraged today. Can I... I'm, I'm really, I'm telling you, I'm really, really encouraged today. Yeah. Oh, in the midst of turmoil, I'm really, really encouraged. Can I, can I show you some things here? I know some of you want to get in there, but just hang, just hang with me here a second, all right? Good to see you, Dan Bukowski. Good to see you, dude. Pull up for me my Facebook page. Pull up my Facebook page. I'm going to show you a couple of things I posted in the last couple of days. And I just want to go down there. There's an interview with Lucifer, by the way. It's on Facebook. Look at this, folks. This is profound. You know that the Durham report came out yesterday. I don't give it. I want to cuss so bad. I don't give a crap what the Durham report said. But you cannot deny this, okay? Look, Durham report verdicts, Donald Trump innocent. This is what the Durham report, even though we haven't read it all, this is what we know. Donald Trump was innocent. FBI is guilty. The DOJ is guilty. The EIC is guilty. Comey's guilty. McCabe, guilty. Stroke, guilty. Lisa Page, guilty. The FISA judges, guilty. Rosenstein, guilty. Chris Ray, guilty. Gina Haspel, guilty. Lisa Monaco, guilty. John Carlin, guilty. Michael Sussman, guilty. Christopher Steele, guilty. Stephen Halpern, guilty. Fusion GPS, guilty. Mark Elias, guilty. Clinton, guilty. Bruce Orr, guilty. Nellie Orr, guilty. Obama, guilty. Biden, guilty. Go on and on and on and on and on. Do I need to go on and on and on? Uh, Fox News, guilty. CNN, guilty. Right on and on and on. Because why? Because listen, the expose, there is nothing hidden that will not be revealed. And we, no matter what you see going on around you, you better understand this. The Lord is about to move in this nation like you have never seen. Now, my wife said to me when I read this to her, she says, well, who's going to do anything about it? I don't know. I really don't know. But I can tell you, everybody listed right there is guilty of treason. Do you understand that, folks? You understand it's guilty of treason, the overthrowing of a duly elected president of the United States and tampering with the next election is treason. And I could show you. Now, what are they going to do anything? Are they going to do anything about it? No, no. Go down to the next one. Scroll down to the next one. What's it say? Obama, Hillary, Comey, and his crew all committed treason. All of them committed treason. What do you mean, coach? Because Durham said that whole Russia collusion thing, all of them made up. All of them made up. That's what Durham said. No biggie, though, right? Ain't no biggie. Huh? They overthrow government. Ain't no biggie. Don't mean nothing. Because why? Because the rule of law is dead. But not the rule of God's law. The rule of God's law is not dead, folks. 
It's not. The rule of man's law, all oh, that baby's coming to a close. One more. I think there's one more I want you to see here. Huh? Oh, going beyond that. that. Yeah, yes, pull that up. I found this from A.W. Tozer yesterday. In fact, I used it on my Brideon show. If you didn't see yesterday's Brideon show, it's a must-see. It was a must-see. It's from the Holy Spirit. I didn't plan to do any of it. And it, it. So here's what A.W. Tozer said. A.W. Tozer, by the way, died in 1968. This guy is a modern prophet. And our age. You know what really struck out about A.W. Tozer? I went on Wikipedia and looked him up. You know what I found out? No seminary training. Never went to a seminary. huh? In other words, he was smart enough to figure it out himself. He didn't have to go to seminary and have some six-foot icicle tell him what the Bible said. He did the same thing I said. I can think and I can read. I can think and I can read. And there's been nothing, I'm just going to tell you the truth. There's been nothing more destructive to Christianity than the falsehood coming out of our pulpits. Somebody say amen. And they're just teaching. Jesus warned us. Woo, it's all over me today. That they teach us commandments. Doctrines of men. That's what they do. That's what every one of those denominations do. Teaches commandments and doctrines of men. That's all they do. Some man came up with it and they follow what, they follow what uh, some some guy said before them, oh, let's follow. What's the guy's name? Who came up with dispensationalism? What's his name? Somebody help me. Darby. They follow what Darby said. They follow what this guy said. They follow what the Pope said. And you always end up getting what you believe from what somebody else told you the Bible says. And when you find out, you get in there. The Bible didn't say that. It didn't say that. Or they pulled from here and 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 they created a doctrine. And they taught it in their cemeteries and all those pastors go to those cemeteries and what do they teach? Well, they teach his commandments and doctrines of men that make the word of God in none effect. They, they have us convinced that Satan is going to win. They have us convinced that the, it's the greatest lie ever perpetrated on the church is that the devil is going to win and we're going to have to leave because he, he's going to win. And Jesus will come down and Jesus will kick over his playground and Jesus will, will punish him. And then we, then we get to come back. Then we get to come back. See, we're not powerful enough to do it here. We're not able to occupy here. No, no, no. The devil's way, way, way much stronger than the rest of us. We can't possibly get victory over him. So Jesus, come quickly and beat up the devil with you. Would you beat him up for us? So Tozer said, if Christianity is to resist, this is Britain, I don't know the date. Probably in the 50s, probably. Not back in the 1650s. Not back in the 1350s. This is A.W. Tozer, who never went to seminary. From Akron, Ohio, by the way. This is what A.W. Tozer said in the 50s about where America was heading. If Christianity is to receive a rejuvenation, it must be by other means than any now being used. If the church in the second half of this century is to recover from the injuries she has suffered in the first half of the century, there must appear a new type of preacher. The proper ruler of the synagogue type will never do. Neither will the priestly type of man who carries out his duties, takes his pay, asks no questions, makes no waves, nor that smooth-talking pastoral type who knows how to make the Christian religion acceptable to everybody. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Huh? Amen. 
All these have been tried and they didn't work, is what Tosa told us. He never went to cemetery. Never went to cemetery. Another kind of religious leader must arise among us. He must be of the old prophet type. A man who has seen visions of God and has heard a voice from the throne. When he comes, and I pray God there will be not one but many. When he comes, he will stand in flat contradiction to everything our smirking, smooth civilization holds dear. He will contradict, denounce, and protest in the name of God and will earn the hatred and opposition of a large segment of Christendom. Such a man is likely to be a lean, rugged, blunt-spoken, and a little bit angry with the world. He will love Christ, this man, and he will love souls of men to the point of his willingness to die for the glory of one for the salvation of the other. But he will fear nothing that breathes with mortal breath. Amen. That's a boom, ain't it, boys and girls? Amen, amen. It's a boom. 1950s, whenever he wrote this, he warned us of what was coming into the pulpit. He warned us. And think of how the pulpits, what happened in the pulpits during the 1960s when we were overrun with the, the Beatles and Jimi Hendrix and tune in, turn on, drop out, the drug. The church was no way prepared for that. And Tozer said, told us, you better wake up, dudes, because what you've been doing, the way you've been playing church, it ain't going to work. It ain't going to work, baby. And at some point, we're going to have men of God who are going to rise that even the church is going to hate. Christian men that the church is going to hate. Do you see that? Huh? Because I can tell you this, church always hates the world. The world always hates the church. What, the, what Tozer is telling us here is the church is about to hate the real church. Oh, boom, boom coach. Boom. The Ooh. church is about to hate the real church. I got I have a couple more things, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna open it up. I got to uh, look. All government credibility is now gone. It's all gone. Well, the FBI, all credibility is gone. Go down. All it's all gone. It's all gone. So what are we gonna do about the fact that we now know all our government of fraud? What are we gonna do? Hang on, stay with me. Mark Driscoll. I've never been a big Mark Driscoll fan. Pull him up there. This is on Facebook. It's on about a minute and a half. He's a pretty influential guy. Huh? Mark Driscoll's a pretty influential guy. And I cheered when I heard this from Mark Driscoll. Go ahead and play it. I'm not a tinfoil hat person. I, I, this is in the Bible, okay? The spirit of Babylon in the days of Daniel to our own day is always seeking to do three things. Number one, close the church. In the days of Daniel, they forbid the worship of God. They invaded Jerusalem. They shut down the temple. The worship of God was canceled. I'm telling you, a few years ago, the spirit of Babylon went global. Try to close the church. Just close it. That's always the first goal. The second goal, if it can't keep the church closed and the church is open, is to have it compromised. What we would call apostate or woke. False teaching, soft teaching, taking the spirit of Babylon and bringing it into the children of God. Third thing that the spirit of Babylon is always seeking to do is to literally cut off the next generation. Because if you love the Lord and your kids don't, then faith ends when your life ends. In the days of Daniel, they castrated him 
as a young man. Does this sound familiar at all? Like, hey, let's close the church if it's open. Let's make it compromised, apostate, and woke. And while we're at it, let's mutilate the next generation of children. And, you know, I'm not a tinfoil hat person. Whoa, huh? Boom! Boom, right there it is, right in front of us. That's what's going on. Boom. Uh, huh? I got, one, I got one other thing, I think. Let me see here. Is that what, oh, that's where I'm going to go. Uh, I, got, I got to show you this. Port Martha Stewart said what? This is, how, this is how freakish we've become, all right? Martha Stewart, 81-year-old Martha Stewart. Scroll down on the swimsuit model of Sports Illustrated. Folks, are we sick? Are we sick? First of all, how sick is she? Have you no shame? It's somebody's grandma, although maybe she never got married and had children. That's usually what happens when these when these uh, Jezebels are climbing the ladder of success. They trade family for fame. Uh, somebody can Google that and see if she has any children. Can you imagine? Can you imagine my grandchildren, little David and Annie and Mia and Macy and Reed? Can you imagine them looking at their grandmother in a bathing suit on Sports Illustrated? What the hell has happened to us? I could go on, but I won't. Oh, I won't. I won't. I'm looking at my schedule. See if there's anything here I want to want to make sure I bring up. Crown him with many crowns. Come on in, Myra, then Joe, then Dale. Let's go get them. Coach, thank you for leading us into all truth. And Martha uh, Stewart has grandchildren. It says she does? granddaughter Jude. Yes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And what a wicked woman. What a wicked woman. <laughs> yes, she is. Um, yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading us in all truth. Always such a wonderful day uh, to start with, Coach. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 through 58. But thanks be to God, which give us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Hallelujah. Not here, devil. Not here. Not on my turf. You ain't doing that. No, 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 no. Because all power and authority has been given unto me. All of it. Been given to the Lord. He gave it to me. You ain't pulling that crap here, dude. Yeah, hey, you can throw as much discouragement as you want to. You can steal all of my money. You can do whatever you want to. You will not gain my heart, you wicked SOB. Come on in, Joe Allen. What what did, uh, this is on a journal report, but what did, Benjamin Franklin said, I'll give you a republic if you can keep it. That's right. Yep. The church doesn't want any part of it. Because see, the church loves self-fulfilling prophecies. See, the church is going to applaud on the rapture for all the people left behind. Right? Huh? Do you understand that? That if you really believe that there's going to be a rapture and all these people are going to be left behind, you'd quit your freaking job. You'd be out on the street. 24 hours a day, compelling men to come to Christ. If you really believe that crap, you don't believe that. You don't really believe that. In fact, do me a favor. Send me all your money. All of you waiting on the rapture, go empty your bank account and send it to me. Would you do that? You send it to me. All right? Hey, by, by the way, 
no deposit, no return. You send it to me, you sell out, and you ain't getting it back. You give it all to me, all right? Because I'm going to take it, and I'm going to use it, and I'm going to fight the forces of hell with it. That's what I'm going to do. Well, you hoard it, waiting for the, the bus from heaven to get you out of here. It's unbelievable. We're double-minded, double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Let him not think he'll get anything uh, from God. Say, coach, please stop criticizing rapture believers. I haven't criticized one rapture believer. I've criticized the actions of rapture believers. Boom. Amen. Right? If you believe there's a rapture, how can you sit in your house? How can you let all these people go to hell? How can you do that if you believe in it? If you believe you haven't been appointed under wrath, what are you afraid of? Your action doesn't match your beliefs. Something wrong. It's like telling my wife I love her and going out with other women all the time. At some point she says, maybe he doesn't really love me. Maybe he doesn't really love me. Look, hey, I... I didn't have you come here to make friends. I had to come here to tell you the truth. Tell you the truth. If you believe there's a rapture, sell everything you have, give the money to me, and go out and stand on the street corner and recruit as many people as you can. Warn them that the bus to heaven is just getting ready to leave. Because if you're not doing that, you don't believe in that doctrine. Or if you do, you're one of the most selfish people God ever put on this earth. If you're only worried about your salvation, you and yours, See, I believe this. I believe this, that if we were to influence those little children in the public schools, then if the rapture comes, they're going to be able to go. Amen. If you allow them to continue to teach lies to those little children when the rapture comes, they ain't going. Come on. Your belief doesn't match your actions. That's what I said. I'm not a theologian. I can read and I can think. And if I, I, I know this, because I've seen it happen. Those floods down, those tornadoes. Do you guys know what happens when a tornado's coming into town? Anybody know what happens? Sirens go off. Why do sirens go off? To warn people, trouble's coming, baby. Trouble's coming. And not only, did you know this, that when it comes, that sometimes the police get in their cars and they drive down the street with bullhorns telling people to flee, take cover, flee, flee. If you believed that the eastern sky was about to split and a lot of people, their lives were going to be impact for eternity. Some were going to go on the rapture bus and some were going to go into hell and you didn't warn anybody? Sorry. Come on in, Dale. Well, Coach, brother, that right there, that's, that's, a, that's a boom in itself. But, brother, to going back with Tozer said and what you had said there, you know, that the church is going to hate the real church, brother. And, and, and as many times as I finish reading this passage of Scripture, I have to say it again because with that video and even what you said, woe unto you, inhabitants of the earth. But that last verse in that chapter 12 of, of Revelations, chapter 12, and the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant, not the majority, the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God, right? Not the prosperity message, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Yeah, we need to put that on the screen. Where is that? Revelations chapter 12, verse 17. Put that up there for us, Spencer. 
Revelation 12, 17. Dude. Hey, fuck. Are you look? Are you looking at me? I don't know about the rapture. I don't know about. Listen, is it okay if I criticize? Oh, I don't know. Catholics transubstantiation. Am I allowed to criticize that? Because that's just a doctrinal belief. Am I allowed to? Uh, am I allowed to criticize uh, substitutional atonement? Am I? Am I allowed? To, am I allowed to criticize that? Well, Am I allowed to criticize the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues? I'm allowed to criticize that? It's like yelling at the mailman down the street because he just stuck your electric bill in the box, right? Well, hey, you just delivering the mail. Right. Am I so I'm not allowed to criticize the rapture? I'm not allowed to criticize that? What are you talking about? This is what this is about here. We throw it all on the table, we cut it up, we chew it up, and some spit out, some you swallow. I want to know the truth. I want to know the truth. Dave Allison, come on in. Yeah, Coach, uh, it was interesting when you said that uh, sell everything, give it to me. Uh, I, I, that's what Jesus told uh, the rich man, right? That's true. <laughs> I think it's interesting. You throw that question out to most Christians. You know, they, they're quick to point. Look at that rich guy. See, he he, he ain't going in because he's rich. But when uh, what's rich? What's mm-hmm. rich? And so when you throw that same question question out to Christians, they hesitate the same way. I think that story is that, you know, basically he asked him, Lord, what must I do to get into heaven? And he could, he knew he was, you can't do anything really. He's going to find, he's going to find some weakness that you're not willing to to sacrifice. Right. right? So I see that a little bit differently. And lastly, uh, that Thessalonians said the dead in Christ shall rise first. I want to give a clarification. That's the physically dead, not the spiritually dead. Dude. <laughs> Dude. Oh. oh, man. I love this show. Hey, look, I promise you, I'm not here to make enemies. I'm here to make you think. And the problem we have is because we cling so firmly to our doctrinal beliefs. Now, if those doctrinal beliefs were true, wouldn't every church believe them? Right? I think most churches believe in salvation through grace by faith. I think most of them believe that. Why do we argue about that? Oh, but we do argue over once saved, always saved, right? Oh, we'll argue over that one. Well, we look, we can't come to that church because they don't believe once saved, always saved. And we've believed that our whole okay. Well, why the hell do you believe that your whole life? Well, pa- Pastor Timmy Toe told me that when I was 15. Oh, okay. You ever searched it out for yourself? Well, no. Right? That's that's one of the problems with denominationalism, see? Because you never hear another version. And as Bob just said, most Christians are caught up in dogma. Dogma. They follow dogma, not Christ. Good word to put up there real quick for me, uh, Spence. Dogma. I'm coming back to Revelation Dogma. They follow dogma. Dogma. A settled opinion. Huh? A settled opinion. Or principle, maxim, or tenet. A doctrinal notion, particularly in matters of faith and philosophy, as the dogmas of the church and the dogmas of Plato. The people say, uh, the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it, and that's a lie. 
<laughs> that is a lie. You don't believe it. <laughs> and that doesn't settle it. Oh, it settles it with you, maybe. Maybe it settles it with you. Go back to where I was there, Reverend. Hey, folks, it's all over me today. Go, go, watch, go watch Joel Osteen if you want to. And the dragon was wroth. That's quite a word, isn't it? That's more than just ticked off. That's more than just ticked off. The dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. As Dale said, not everybody. Not everybody. Hey, Mr. Spencer, what's a remnant? What did Mr. Webster say a remnant was? Residue, that which is left after separation, removal, or destruction of a part. A remnant is that which remains after a part is done, performed, told, or passed. Wow. The remnant is that truth that is left when all the lies have been burned down. Wow. Go back to Revelation. Same same popularity contest here. He went to war with the, (laughs) what was left of her seed. And that seed keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. And I would say to you today that most people in most churches today do not have the testimony of Jesus Christ. They have a religion. They have religion. Somebody said, I'm sorry, this is all free phone. Stay with me a second. Spencer, go back to my Facebook page real quick. I'll get you, Tim, I promise you. Go to my Facebook page. Because I had the most active post I've ever put on Facebook. You want to you wanna have your head spinning. <clears throat> Keep going down, Spencer. Come on down, on down, on down. Go, go, go. Keep going, you're doing great. There, go on, going right there, right there. I posted this, asking for a friend. Can you be a Christian and belong to a local Masonic Lodge? 246 comments. I don't know if I've ever had anything even remotely. And you want to get, you want to see some confusion, read some of the comments in there. Right? By, by, somebody help me out out there. Anybody out there? Uh, well, I don't want to expose anybody. Do you have to take an oath to be a Mason? Does anybody know? Do you have to take an oath? I'm yes. sure you do. What's the Bible say about oaths? Uh, uh, uh. Huh? It's amazing, right? Because you know why? Some of these guys who are commenting are Masonic Christians. Oh, yeah, they are. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. And the church doesn't even know the difference. They put them on elder boards. In fact, some of them are pastors, members of the local mosque. I'm, I'm sorry, Masonic Lodge. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Help us, Lord. Tim Tuber, my buddy. Come on in, Tim. You inspired me yesterday. So Jesus said to Peter, who do you say I am? He says, you are the Christ. And he said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this, but my Father in heaven. And he said, wherever you preach this, that I'm the Christ, people will be loose from their sins, they'll be bound in their sins. So wherever Jesus is preached, people are either reloosed, either loosed, because they accept Jesus Christ, or they're bound in their sin because they reject Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So if, if you try to bind the devil, what kind of rope are you using? Because he gets loose every single day. The white Christian is binding the devil every single day, and he gets loosed every single day. 
So what the hell kind of rope are we using to bind them with? <laughs> it's a false doctrine. So if you try to bind the devil person, I hate to tell you this, but he's going to get loose again. And you're going to waste all your rope. Amen. Wow, 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 wow. Tim, now you're tiptoeing in another doctor. You just made half of my audience mad at you again. Now, now we're, Tim, you're, you're making fun of their doctrine. Well, you know what? The only thing I can say is, <laughs> you know, tough. Here's what I would say. If it's not true, I don't want to believe it. And if it is true, I want to. I just want to know the truth. Because why? Because the truth, if you know it, makes you free. Okay, get this. If it's true, it's not new. And if it's new, it's not true. Oh, Christ, Tim! God wouldn't make, would not wait 2,000 years to bring a new revelation. <clears throat> if it's true, it's not new. And if it's new, it's not true. He's not going to wait 2,000 years to give you the, the new stuff. <laughs> I love this show. Judah, come on in. Yeah, Coach, you said uh, a lot of these guys will call it an oath. In the Masonic lodges, the degrees of increase are called rituals. Mm. Those rituals are in honor of the light, the light of Lucifer. That's I, it. You know, the, uh, some of the comments were this. Well, the lower levels aren't really so deep. So you you can you can be a lower level mason and not really be up at the top. It may it may get dark at the top, but it's not not down at the bottom. We help people, and I mean the confusion is absolutely unbelievable. But you you're but you're supposed to keep it a secret. If you got to keep it a secret from everybody, what what's come the on, point? Man. Come on, come on, Craig. Well, Coach, I got I got a question for you. Um, didn't Jesus say? tear this temple down, I'll rebuild it in three days. Yes. Okay. So why do you have to go to the Masonic temple <laughs> that will not go and say, Jesus is the only way to the Father, right? I am the door. No one comes to the Father except through me. Yet you can't profess Christ only <laughs> because there's Masons and Jews and all that. So if Jesus Christ was a temple and you're going to the Masonic temple that you can't tell the truth, why are you there? Hey, Amen. You got to keep it secret. Uh, nowhere ever does the gospel say keep it secret. I got something I got to share with you. Pull up. Uh, can you hear me? Okay. Now, look, I want you to, everybody look at me. This is not glorification of Donald Trump. I've said a number of times, uh, I don't care if Trump comes back. I'm MAGA. I want somebody to pick up the MAGA flag and run with it. Whoever that is, that's that's who I support, okay? But this is two years ago, folks. Two years ago, put this at 1.5 speed as well. And in the background, you're going to hear the song, Can You Hear Me? Can You Hear Me? Running. I want you to listen to the words as this plays. Two years ago, two years ago, silent running. Listen to this. Go ahead. Remember this. Nothing worth doing ever, ever, ever came easy. Following your convictions means you must be willing to face criticism from those who lack the same courage to do what is right. And they know what is right, but they don't have the courage or the guts or the stamina to take it and to do it. It's called the road less traveled. What imprint will you leave 
in the sands of history. What will future Americans say we did in our brief time right here on Earth? is 100% committed to eradicating human trafficking from the earth, this form of modern-day slavery here in the United States and all around the world. We are dismantling the criminal organizations that make large-scale human trafficking possible. We will not rest until we've stopped every last human trafficker and liberated every last survivor. replacing a failed and corrupt political establishment with a new government controlled by you, the American people. There is nothing the political establishment will not do, no lie that they won't tell, to hold their prestige and power at your expense. The Washington establishment and the financial and media corporations that fund it exist for only one reason, to protect and enrich itself. small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost. Whether we are black or brown or white, we all bleed the same red blood of patriots. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable. There should be no fear. We are protected and we will be protected by God. Did we challenge accepted wisdom and take on established systems? I think I did, but we all did. And we're all doing it. Or did we just go along with convention, swim downstream so easily with the current, and just give in because it was the easy way, it was the traditional way, or it was the accepted way? I know that each of you will be a warrior for the truth, will be a warrior for our country and for your family. And as long as America remains true to its values, loyal to its citizens, and devoted to its creator, then our best days are yet to come. I can promise you that. Amen. Mm. Hey, folks, don't ever forget this. Even the dead fish float downstream. Huh? Those trout, they go upstream, baby. Those trout swim upstream. Why? Because in order for them to reproduce, they have got to get to the top of that stream. Come hell or high water, they're going to get there. If it's easy, somebody else would have already done it. God bless you. See you tomorrow.